Welcome to another episode of RTAF Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Norris. Thank you for being here. This week, I've got Micah Ofsted... Oh, let me say it right. This week, I've got Micah Ofstedal. And yes, that is how you pronounce his name, as I learned in this episode. Want to know what we talk about? Well, Micah shares his story of being an artist from his early days in childhood to going to art school. And we go in-depth into his work. He mentions an artistic influence or two, talks about his daily routine and how he navigates the art world. Mike has a show coming up at Ryan Joseph Gallery, which will be this Saturday, August 14th. He'll be there doing a little talk beforehand, so you all should go check it out. I won't be able to make it, but I'm definitely going to check out the work afterwards. And if you, dear listener, would like to support this podcast, hopefully you know where to go by now. But if you don't, it's patreon.com slash podcast. There you'll find a few tiers of support available. $4, $8, $16. You get video, you get shout outs, you get guest suggestions, you get merch. Head on over, check it out. It's a work in progress, just like this show. So thank you all for hanging in here with me and going along for this ride. Really stoked about how things are going right now. I hope you are too. So let's just jump right into this episode. Here's Micah Ofstedal. CAF, Micah, thanks for coming on. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me here, and thank you for doing this podcast, man. I think it's awesome. Sweet. Have you listened to some uh, episodes? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to do it more regularly. Um, I listened to some a while back, and uh, since you know being invited, it kind of inspired me or reminded me to to get back on the train and listen to some more. But oh, sweet. Yeah, I think it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so also, before I forget, um, you've got a show coming up in Denver. Um, could you just, could you get, give give us like the dates and the time and the place and all that? Just real quick. Sure. Yeah, Ryan Joseph Gallery uh, in Denver, Colorado, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it goes up August 11th. Uh, the opening reception is August 14th, which is Saturday. Um, that begins at 5 p.m. And I'm going to be doing a little bit of a, some kind of little talk, 5 to 6 p.m. And that goes to 11. Yep. And then it's up through September 8th, I'm pretty sure. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. What's the title of it? Signs of Life. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, well, since this is our, uh, technically our first podcast date, um, usually what I do is get kind of like the backstory from all the artists. Um, how did you begin making art? And I guess, uh, that can be a prompt that, uh, you could work off of. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did I begin? Um, I mean, as a, as a child, as we all do, you know, creating art and I guess I never totally lost it. Um, and actually it's kind of funny. I, I mentioned this, I feel like I overtell this story because it's like in my bio and stuff, but it, um, as a probably four or five year old, uh, coloring in my coloring books, um, I would ask my parents for the whiteout when I went outside the lines and in, in the coloring books. Um, and I don't know if that's just like a, I was just thinking about that the other day. And I used to always say that was like the perfectionist in me, you know, even as a child and it's still kind of with me today. Um, but I think it's more than that too. It's just, cause I'm not really too much of a perfectionist in a lot of other ways, but, um, I think I, there's something about just like clean lines, clean, smooth, sharp lines that I like. And that's, that's still in my work today. And I've always just been drawn to that. Um, so it's a little bit perfectionism, but it's, it's more than that. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, I look at various stages through my life, like middle school, I was drawn to like, um, MC Escher. We'd learn about his work, you know, as I think a lot of people did at that age. Um, but, um, and I guess you could say I was pretty good in art class or whatever. I, you know, it wasn't like something that I really thought of too much, but I enjoyed it, you know, and put effort into it. And then high school, I got a little more serious about it. Started finding, you know, like being exposed to like Salvador Dali, it was like pretty mind blowing. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was just like a moment where I was like, that's like, if I, that's art, that's a painting to me. Like that, um, is what I would want to do if I could. And, I remember copying and, you know, trying to just copy one or two of his paintings out of a book, you know, and, um, for practice and, and, um, other just surrealism and, uh, took as many art classes as I could in high school. I remember, uh, dropping math class my senior year the, to take another art class. The, nice the final semester, you know, so that those are kind of just like little defining moments where you're like, yeah, I took this step tw in that direction. Yeah. Um, Did you go to art school for college or university or anything like that? Yeah. So it wasn't like an art school, but I, so I'm from uh, Southern Minnesota, Austin, Minnesota. Um, and I went to school in Mankato, Minnesota, which is an hour and 15 minutes from there. Um, and but it was a pretty good art program i thought uh, i can't compare it to anything else but uh just you know other stories i hear people tell that you know went to art school in different mm -hmm. places it it sounds like i had a pretty decent deal um some professors were better than others and of course but um so yeah i didn't really know what else to do so i just i, I went to college i guess uh partially because i just felt like that was the thing to do or yeah 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 well, you know i didn't know what else to do but i also didn't as far as like a major went i couldn't really think of anything besides art so i was just playing around with different things i i my focus was actually in sculpture and ceramics during that time that's where i spent most of my time and which i don't know if it was really a conscious decision at the time but it 
um, you know, taking advantage of, of the studio space and all the materials and equipment that they have. Sure. Whereas like a painting setup is pretty easy and inexpensive to set up. Right. Right. You know, and you don't, you don't need much space. You, and so, yeah, to kind of get your money's worth and time worth and all that, you know, to, to take advantage of the kilns and the glazes and just all that, you know, that would take so much to set up on your own. So uh, I spent a lot of time in the ceramic studio, especially and drawing classes. You have to take a lot of drawing classes and just the foundations of art um, and, you know, art, a little art history and all that, of course, too. And, um, but yeah, I was just doing a lot of like free form ceramic sculptures just kind of like and again kind of like playing just like getting a lot of these like smooth smooth edges and and smooth lines and curvy lines and it was like it looks like something kind of it's hard hard to describe but where it kind of looks like something but is relatively abstract maybe it looks like sort of a sea creature or something but it's just this freeform sculpture and nice um do you feel like yeah uh, just playing do you feel like the ceramics informed your painting or, or vice versa at all? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it helped me. Well, even just technically it helped me kind of, I think, see in three dimensions. Um, but, and to then inform my paintings in that way, but yeah, also just definitely I was developing a style, um, during the college years and the drawings, to that there was kind of a a big moment in the drawing classes like life drawing so you know drawing figure after figure and you know sometimes they'd have you do a really quick one and then sometimes you'd spend hours on the same figure drawing and you know different levels there but uh, eventually one of our professors had us do a project that um she she said put like a hundred figures on one on one piece of paper essentially um and i don't think we had to take that too literally i didn't get a hundred you know you do you were artists you do your thing with that but sure. um so i started <clears throat> but that just inspired me to do something a little different and like i said finally just get away from just doing another figure drawing and so i started taking little bits and pieces of the figure the model there um and just parts that stood out to me as very interesting lines and uh you know just or composition whatever and just starting starting to put those little bits and pieces on the paper and then um taking another little bit and just kind of connecting them and um it's almost like cubism in a way but but very smooth and um so that really ended up informing my paintings later because i just that whole concept of taking whatever little bits and pieces you find interesting and putting those on the paper or canvas whatever kind of in random order but eventually it starts to come together so nice did you find um that that helped with your perfectionist or your perfectionism um being able to take like different parts and kind of like mashing them together or were you still um somewhat focused on making things as like clean <clears throat> and and smooth as possible yeah i think uh i was still 
always kind of focused on making that making it clean and smooth yeah if you if you look at i still have, i have a few of those drawings up on my website like on the prints page um well i guess there's some on the originals page too i still have a few of those around the originals um but you can see that yeah they're pretty smooth the texture is smooth where you know you don't really see those the pencil lines it's, it's all very blended yeah. and the edges the lines are, are pretty clean yeah, so I didn't, I guess I didn't really, and that was also like developing that, continuing to develop that style of like the clean lines and the smooth, smooth textures, um, which would continue into my paintings. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to talk about your work. Um, it's super intriguing and uh, just a big fan of it. Um, could you describe your, your process or like your studio practice is, are we looking at your studio right now? Yeah. A little corner of it there. I have a work in progress nice. behind me and yeah, but yeah. Um, well, it's, it's kind of always changing a little bit over the years, but uh, as far as my paintings go, you know, I've been doing these, this sort of style for, well, I'm kind of doing a different, the last couple of years but uh, basically got back into painting about oh, 10 or 11 years ago um, and I just I kind of start with a sketch it's like a pretty rough sketch you know I don't like to spend too much time on it it might be a couple of hours or a few hours or whatever but um, just to get the composition down a rough plan just I hope well I should say I start by just opening books that inspire me of images. Um, it started with an anatomy book when I did my first painting, uh, at least first painting in this sort of style, um, about 10 plus years ago. Um, and again, just taking like bits and pieces from that, that I found interesting and, and especially the more unrecognizable forms, um, of anatomy. So it wasn't just like you look at it and it's obviously like a heart or something. Right. Um, but I mean, some of it would be recognizable or you'd see veins or, but you know, I'd do my own thing with that. But anyway, that kind of quickly branched into other biological forms. Um, it came across a book of Ernest Heckel's work. Um, nice. Yeah. If you're familiar. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. His work is just awesome. So, and I didn't even know what, I, it was his art forms in the ocean book that I first came across and um, of radiolarians. It was all just radiolarians. And I was just like, what are these things? These are real things, you know, yeah. what I could, the geometry of the, of a microscopic form like that just blew my mind. I, you know, I hadn't seen them before. And, and then I came across the other one, the art forms in nature, which, which is like much beyond the radiolarians and jellyfish and other, a lot of sea life and whatnot. But, and yeah, so other books of like, microscopic imagery and whatnot. Uh, um, so I'll just kind of open those up if I need some inspiration and just whatever kind of pops out at me at the time, I'll, you know, use some of that and uh, start putting it on the sketchbook. Yeah. Um, and oh, doing, oh, uh, go ahead. A lot of, I was just going to say a lot of the Ernest Heckel stuff or Ernst Heckel looks almost like it's just, from his imagination but it's really actually the wonders of biological life right um, 
is that something that you're you're trying to convey in your paintings yeah like sort of like a mix of real and imaginary mm -hmm. a little bit or um yeah definitely so i think you know with his work too it's interesting because some of it's i think very representationally accurate and then i and then some of it i you know i think he puts his own twist on and mm -hmm. um you know i don't know if he's just like making how much to what degree he's just like making stuff up but i think he it's certainly done in a very beautiful way it's different than like some biological illustrations or something you'd open in a typical textbook that's just his is very artistically done and yeah, yeah. you know the the tentacles out from the jellyfish or something are just perfectly like compositionally swirling around yeah, yeah. uh you know but uh anyway so yeah i mean yeah my work is definitely a mix of that uh like real forms and trying to expose the viewers to to the beauty and complexity of nature and what's really out there and a lot of the especially the more unknown mysterious stuff yeah. uh, might be microscopic or just the things we don't typically see um, but then also adding my own twist to that sort of putting it in a surreal landscape or um, again breaking them into using just bits and pieces sometimes of the inspiration not necessarily just plopping the whole thing down on the canvas um to varying degrees you know um and to where sometimes it become becomes unrecognizable but yeah that the surrealist surrealism aspect of my work definitely is just kind of representing the the more mysterious components of life the unknowns yeah yeah it's i think you do a really good job of like kind of drilling down into the physical reality and like finding a lot of microscopic forms. Um, but those can also be translated into larger forms, right? Like, like a beehive or a honeycomb, um, that kind of like hexagonal pattern can be found in so many places in nature. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a honeycomb. It can sort right. of just, be recognizable on its own as like a pattern. Um, yeah. I'm curious about what you think, like where do you think the real and imagined um, kind of <clears throat> meet? Like, are you, it seems like you're interested in the, like the edge of science and then also like all this unknown uh, territory that we haven't been able to kind of put our finger on or name um is that is that uh is that what interests you is that your focus in your work yeah it's definitely one of them or at least just something that i think about a lot and am fascinated by um i mean yeah because on the one hand i am just fascinated by the beauty of nature and the complexity of it um but also the unknown and then yeah the kind of edge of that and so yeah i don't know where how to define the edge of that or where it comes from or, you know, but, uh, I mean, that's kind of science on one hand is like, I kind of a, can almost picture like a timeline in, in a way, or like if you can sort of picture the edge of science, like behind it is the things that's uncovered and mm -hmm. the questions that have been answered, but then that just opens up a whole new set of questions. And I've, 
And, um, but of course, not just in the scientific realm, but, you know, I get, you can say spiritually or, mm-hmm. um, but also science, I think the interesting thing about science is that it can start to maybe uncover some of those big, bigger questions, you know, like, um, and it kind of feels like it is starting to do that today, but maybe it's always felt that way. But, yeah. um, as far as like, where does consciousness come from or something or, um, you know, we're scratching the surface of the brain that what we know about the brain, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny you bring up consciousness. Cause I definitely wanted to ask you, what's your overall take on consciousness? Do you think that it's kind of like emergent from the physical structure of a human brain or do you think that it's a thing that is like everywhere all at once and that once you build up the sufficient uh, number of neural linkages in in a a physical uh, brain you can pick up on that thing where do you kind of fall uh, on that spectrum there yeah Uh, yeah all those things (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah. yeah, but all of it. No, I mean, I, I don't know, of course. Um, right, right. Uh, but it's certainly something that I like to think about, too, or, you know, listen to talks about that or something, you know, have that discussion. Um, it. I mean, I do feel like we're just, I mean, we can only speak from our own experience right. as human beings and with brains, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it is an interesting thought just to think about how our, our senses, you know, our, our eyeballs and our, you know, everything. And, and that connection to the brain is just like this filter. It's letting things in, but it's keeping things out for one thing too, um, which I find fascinating. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, with, without that, I don't, like that is our conscious. That's where our consciousness comes from. Like at least part of it. it. Without those things, we aren't really aware of things. But right, I feel like there. You know, there's probably something bigger. Like I don't know where. Yeah, it's just it's a mystery. And I, yeah, I don't even know if I. <laughs> I kind of just hit a wall when I start thinking about right. it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. It's like even when I was a kid, I would like look up at the stars and start thinking it just like be amazed. And of course I still do it, but just be amazed by like infinity and, and thinking about like try to grasp the scale of that, you know, and it's impossible, but you just keep going and then you you start thinking about like, why is all this, why are we here? And why is this earth here? But then like, why is all of this here? And where did it come from? And, and, but then, like, how could there be nothing, too, you know? Right. Um, that's just, and... Have you, had, like any, an, have you had any nothing, sort of, like, transcendent or transpersonal experiences, um, you know, just kind of going beyond, like a, like, a personal identity or self? in your life, whether that's through, uh, psychedelic means or just, you know, whatever, whatever way that you could get there. Um, right. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I'm sure you could always go further uh, with those experiences, but, or, you know, how you define that, where you draw the line with, like, what qualifies that as an experience like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, so I've, I've dabbled in, in, in things, you know, um, experimented a little bit and, I believe those were mind expanding experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, and it's been a while too. (laughs) Um, but, and you know, so like when I was younger, I, it definitely had some good mind expanding experiences and it's hard to say how that has affected me today or how it affected my creativity levels or art because I was already kind of, there with art i mean not i was already kind of already had an artistic mind i guess and playing music and things like that but Mm. um but yeah it can certainly switch some gears in your head and open some doors um so yeah but then there's also the experiences like like i said like as a kid i mean i don't remember how old i was i could have been like when I first had those thoughts about looking at the stars and just being mind blown with like infinity and like, does the universe end? And, uh, you know, what, what would nothing be like, you know, yeah. what would an empty universe be like? Because how can you even have like empty space is still something. And I think like, those are, I don't know how many, like maybe a lot of kids have those thoughts, but at six or seven or eight or, or I don't know how old I was, like I said, when I first had those thoughts, but, mm-hmm. you know, those thoughts are kind of on that level or like, you know, uh, I had to put my dog down less than a year ago, for oh, example, man. like something like that is like, it's tough, a, a, a transcendental experience in its own way, or like uh, my mom, another similar type of Thing. my mom passed away like eight plus years ago and like that's just a uh i don't know how, you know what you call it but that's just an experience of, of deep life experience you know i don't know what else to, to call it and if if we're coming from that perspective but um so so yeah <laughs> um do you feel like so do you feel like um that they're that there is an awareness um beyond just like a human one i know we're we're all we're dancing around in the realm of of pure speculation here and imagination um that's kind of what i was getting at like if you if you feel like that there there is that or are you kind of like a little a little lukewarm on that idea what's the uh, what idea again? Oh, just uh, whether whether or not there's something beyond like uh, a a um, a human awareness, I guess. I'm I'm not sure how right. else to word yeah. that. I mean, we all know that like animals and um, you know possibly other things are have consciousness, um, not to the degree mm-hmm. that humans do, but uh, yeah. I just I, right. I'm just kind of sort of like. 
I guess it's like a, a yeah. low key way in asking you if you believe in like a, like God or a higher power or something right. like that. Right. right. I'm not even sure if I do. By yeah. The way. So like, I'm just, uh-huh. we're just messing around here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. No, that's a great question. And I mean, yeah, I know. Um, I, I do believe, I think that there's something, you know, that, yeah, that there's something beyond this. Like there feels like there has to be sort of, I don't know if you call it a reason or purpose or whatever for all this, but, Mm -hmm. um, uh, some kind of higher power, higher force, higher inter something interconnecting all of us and, and everything with the universe. I mean, there's just, it's just a mystery to me and I don't really care to like pretend that I know what it is sure. or what, where it comes from. I mean, I think seeking that out is, is great and um, questioning things and thinking of the possibilities and stuff. But um, yeah, there's just, I think that with all the mysteries in life that I think that's maybe why I believe that there's some, there is something more, obviously, right? right? As far as like, there's a lot of unknowns in the world, in the universe. Um, And whether or not we can ever like uncover all of that, like prove it with science. um, That's one really interesting thing I find about science is that it maybe can start to uncover some of those things. But I also think that it probably won't uncover everything. I think there's probably always going to be there, there'll always more, be an more, edge, more. right? Like of where yeah. science is sort of carving with like its its blowtorch of observation into the unknown. So there, there'll always be that like red hot edge of like still something has to be unknown because what would it mean for us to know everything? That would be right. That would be no fun. I feel like. I, yeah. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Right. It sounds kind of cool if you could know that, but then, yeah, then what, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and just the, uh, like I said earlier with science, like the more questions you answer, it typically opens up more questions. Yeah. So, I mean, if that continues, I mean, cause yeah, even if we discover, improve some of the questions we're a- asking today, like, where exactly consciousness comes from or mm. is there, we find the soul or we, um, and can measure it or observe it in some way, mm-hmm. or we know, you know, or we prove, you know, that there's a multiverse or whatever, like all these big questions. Right. Uh, or we, you know, map the brain out or whatever. I still feel like there's going to, it's just going to open up more questions, yeah. things, questions that we can't even imagine yet, you know? Totally. You don't, you don't know what those questions are going to be until you get to that point, but definitely, um, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um, it's still sort of related to what we were just talking about, but what do you think is the artist's role in shaping human consciousness, which in turn then shapes society and culture and, and then history and then on down the line, do you feel like there is like a calling or a, or a role or do you think that it's it, it 
maybe like it's just uh, breadcrumbs along the way for anybody to to pick up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there is a role. I don't know if I know what it is exactly. And I think there's a lot of maybe different roles. Um, you know, there's so many different types of art that are saying different things. So, you, you know, different types of art will have different roles. Um, but I think just, you know, art in general can, well, sometimes it reflects, um, well, I suppose in some degree it always is going to reflect society or what we're already aware of, or if it, depending on the, the type of art, um, mm -hmm. like my art reflects things that I am aware of, but also represents things that we aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little bit of both. And I'm sure a lot of art is that way. Some art might just simply be reflecting what we're aware of. Like if you just think of a, a representative piece mm -hmm. of art, right, landscape right. or whatever, yeah. um, or if it's like something political, it's, it's playing that role to say something politically or socially. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it reflects, but it also can shape the future um and yeah again in so many different ways and, it, and it's so in it and i think with the stuff that i'm more into would be just to kind of open minds a little bit see things differently ask questions um so it's hard to say what in what way that would shape you know consciousness or different people's minds but in, in different ways i'm sure well, yeah, Each maybe it's own. just simply that to to sort of get people to to question or to look right. deeper into something, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Even if it is like a landscape representative, you know, representative landscape or uh, political or something, you know, yeah, it's just it's to get people to kind of think about something yeah. <laughs> differently. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I wanted to. Uh, I'm going to share my screen with you. Uh, I saved a couple of your photos uh, that <clears throat> I, I kind of want to uh, get your, your take on your own work here. Um, let's see. Okay. Share screen. Here we go. Let's see. Um, oh, wait. I think I might need to open this. I, I, I am this uh, just like hilariously bad at this. Let's see if that pops up now. Okay, I think I can. Okay. Cool. So are you seeing the yep. just these three pieces here? Yeah. And yep. when then I double click on that, you're seeing it in the larger scale? Or no? um, I'm not yet, but that's okay. I don't, I can see which ones you're showing me, so. Okay. Um, let's see. I can see the, the one that's highlighted. I don't need to see it. Oh, here we go. Larger, if necessarily. There we go, yeah. Yeah, all right. So this one's called The Accretion of Consciousness. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you, just in general, maybe, like, it, tell me if I'm if I'm getting this right, or maybe it's, it's just just one of those, like, interpretation things that every viewer can have their own thing and it it is mm -hmm. correct because that's the interpretation they're having uh right but, 
like when I look at this, like I'm obviously we're seeing like kind of a, like you were saying, representational landscape, but then it's kind of like overlaid with this sort of, um, mer- mercurial, like spider web kind of pattern. Um, <laughs> it, that, that's clear and you can see through it, but then it, it sort of distorts the landscape. Is that, I guess I'll just ask you, I don't, who cares what I think right now, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> but, uh, it, what, what, it, are you, if you could put into words what that is and I, without, you know, maybe ruining someone's potential experience with it, um, uh, what, what would you call that or, or yeah, what are what, you going what, for there? I guess what that actual pattern is uh-huh. or, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, it came from, uh, one of my books of images of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, might get this wrong a little bit, but I pretty sure it's like, uh, comes from a cross section of like a monkey puzzle tree. And I'm not sure if it was like the sort of like needly leafy things that come out of it. I'm not exactly even sure which part of it, but anyway, it comes from a pattern of plant life and you're going to see that same kind of pattern all over in nature. And so, yeah, it's this spirally pattern where there's a smaller towards the center and kind of larger towards the outside. And it's that classic, uh, golden ratio type thing. Um, I don't remember the numbers on this one. If it's like 34 or 55 or something, if that, I might even be, you know, be wrong. Oh, right. But, you, um, you see this in a sunflower, right? Yeah. Like it's the same type of pattern in a sunflower, uh, in like leaf arrangements and a lot of plants and, you know, these spirals that we see Sweet. in snails and shells and all these things. Um, so it's, anyway, it basically comes from that. And, and that's where the, the word accretion, in the title came from because it's accretion essentially just like adding on or building on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just kind of starts small and starts expanding out, uh, in, in this case, like in a spiral form. So yeah, just took that pattern and like you said, overlaid it over top of this, this landscape. Yeah. I love how it, it I mean, it looks like you're looking at this pattern as if the pattern itself was kind of like water forming on your windshield, right? Mm-hmm. Because it distorts all the, uh, I lo- yeah, I love how you do this kind of like warping distortion within the overlaid uh, spiral pattern. You know, it affects the landscape. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, very cool. <laughs> is it, oh, by Thanks. the way, is this is this log on fire here? Right. That's like always the classic question. Um, uh-huh. it's actually just uh, glowing. So this was from a photograph that I took. Um, nice. it's from big lagoon in Northern California. Um, a lovely place. Maybe I shouldn't advertise it, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, it, uh, I spent some time up there and I'm not too far from there these days. I'm in Ashland, Oregon, but, uh, Southern Oregon. So 
Uh, anyway, yeah, a picture that I took, and it was at sunset, and so that log is actually just reflecting the the sunlight, the sun setting. Yeah, so the sun off to your left, and um, it, the log's probably a little bit, maybe a little bit wet or something, but to get that much of a orange reflection, but that is pretty much kind of how the photograph looked. Wow. So, so um, yeah, this kind of leads into another question I wanted to ask you too. Um, are you a big, it seems like you, you camp, hike, go out into nature a lot. Is that, is that something you like to do? Does that inspire you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm, yeah, it is mostly just kind of hiking. I'm not too hardcore or anything, but especially, you know, these days, but, um, yeah, definitely getting out into nature. It refuels me, inspires me. Um, the thing I like about hiking is it's kind of slow pace and you can take your time and, and just really kind of look at things closely and take it all in. And so, yeah. Nice. Um, sweet. I'll share a couple more and we don't have to get into them too hard here. Okay. So this one is called revealed by clouds and really like the detail and like precision on this is pretty crazy. You're kind of doing the same thing where you're, well, I don't know. Could you describe this painting? <laughs> yeah, it is a similar style. Um, so I should mention too, like these ones that you're bringing up are more recent paintings last couple of years. And yeah. it's a little bit different style than what I was doing before. Uh, so these are a little more realistic uh, using, like I said, with the last one photographs that I'd taken um, and then kind of doing my own thing with that too and overlaying these clear patterns that distort the background. And um, so, yeah, this one is some clouds, uh, part of a photograph that I had taken from around here mm -hmm. um, during like a sunset and I mirrored it um, as you can see. Um, so it's like reflected kind of halfway through the painting. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, this pattern is also, uh, coming from that, uh, golden ratio sunflower. This, I think actually would be kind of straight from a sunflower pattern as far as like the numbers. Yeah. The, um, I mean, sunflowers probably vary depending on the type of sunflower, but, um, it's kind of harder to pick up, but you can still sort of see the, that spiraling mathematical like mm -hmm. pattern. And that just kind of quickly going back to that too, is like, you know, some, some people would say like, this is like proof of God or something. These, these, uh, mathematical and geometric and this precision in nature. And, and yeah, I mean, I get that. I don't know if it's like proof of God, but it yeah. does kind of allude to the, that mystery of something more, you know, but anyway, I mean, you could totally. say that about anything that yeah. exists, you know, the, the miracles or whatever you want to call them, but, an extreme complexity going on in one of our cells every day. And we don't, right. you know, don't even think about it. It's just mind blowing. And, um, but anyway, not to get off on a tangent, but just to go back to that quickly. No, that's um, cool. but yeah, this is, like I said, a bit of a different style than some of my other older stuff. And I, and I'm still kind of doing both now kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit. We'll oh, see okay. where it takes me. But yeah. Yeah. I really like this one. Like, how big is this? 
That's a 24 by 24. Wow. Inches. Yeah, that's incredible detail, man. Did you, are you drawing? I'm sure you must be drawing all that on there first, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that pattern was just like too much for me to try to like freehand or anything like that. So I just recently started cheating and using a projector for stuff like that. Now I don't, I don't consider it cheating actually at all, but, um, you know, you're just using the, yeah, you're just using the technology that's available, you know, and, um, and it's just, it's a really chintzy setup anyways, just this cheap projector just to like get my, um, yeah, just to get that pattern on there. And I, you know, the point was to, to do it accurately and, and, and right. precisely. Right. So, um, there's just in a way I could, could, have, I don't know how many like hundreds of, of little circles are on there. So, you know, yeah. um, or thousands maybe, but so, so yeah, it's a lot of, it's a mix sometimes of, uh, just kind of free flowing and, but I, yeah, when I have precise things like that, I'll, I'll draw them on the pencil and in on the canvas as I go. Nice. Nice. And so, yeah, I'll do one last one here. Here we go. Um, this one's called traces of Numa. Um, is this, so is this kind of the same thing? I, I, I didn't get any of your, uh, of your earlier work. Um, you know, we were talking about like kind of beehives and, uh, cell cellular patterns, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of in the same vein of like a landscape overlaid with, would that be another pattern found in nature? Yeah, sort of. Well, that one, that pattern was a little bit more of a free flowing kind of thing. Um, I think I, I sketched it out on the paper first just to kind of get the idea, um, the composition of that pattern. But yeah, at the same time, it comes from, it came out of my head sort of, it didn't come from anything specific, but at the same time, it came from my experiences, of course, but it, it is a very like natural yeah pattern that you'll see in different places of nature you might not be able to like pinpoint it or maybe it's not like like it looks anything specific but kind of like a tree kind of like it could be like some sort of coral reef in the ocean or maybe even Mm -hmm. like valves of the heart that kind of reminds me of like valves of the heart there right yeah sort of a branching pattern but also like even if you zoomed in on bone mm-hmm. you know like uh that sort of it's a microscopic view of bone or something uh bone would be more dense than this but it's like still a similar pattern and i'm just fascinated by these these patterns we see in different levels and different um i mean it could even be something not from nature like uh, a concept like a family tree type thing or like yeah uh, you know, a city, the way a city is like set up for the flow of traffic or something, or like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But this branching pattern is something that I've noticed has popped up a lot in my work and it uh, wasn't like a conscious thing, but then I look back on it and I'm like, where does that come from? Or what's the significance of that? And it's just something we see in so many levels in so many ways. And it seems to always be, 
you know, there's something always flowing through it where it's like a life force, like it's, you know, your blood flowing through your veins or yeah, and nutrients, you know, flowing through a tree, the water and nutrients flowing from roots to a tree and so on and on. But yeah, I think I've, I've finally maybe, well, I'll give it a shot articulating what I'm thinking. Uh, it seems like to me, this conveys sort of like the, the multi-layered experience of just perception, right? So we're walking around and we're thinking, oh, or maybe not we're thinking, but the the implicative assumption is that, oh, I'm a a person separate from, or I'm a consciousness separate from my family tree my bones my heart all that all those kinds of things but like this pattern here sort of it's it seems to implicate a little bit more than what our conscious mind might be referring to as our experience and it's sort of like overlaying uh un unrecognized or or unobserved patterns that still play a part in forming our perception of like a landscape or any given, you know, whatever we're seeing, mm-hmm. I guess at that moment. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, that sounds, I mean, for sure. And I also, yes, we like to leave things open to interpretation. And so yeah. nothing is, yeah. of course, nothing is wrong. Um, or the one, you know, thing I'm trying to say, but you also have to title your painting. Well, you don't have to title your paintings, but mm-hmm. um, I like to title my paintings and and kind of pin down, not pin down, but at least like sort of narrow it down to some sort of concept. Um, because oftentimes that comes after I do a painting. Usually it's it's yeah. like after I'm like, what did, what did I just do here? Yeah. <laughs> better, better, I better figure it out so then I can come up with the title and uh, but no, you know, and, but it, that's just kind of the way I like to work rather than like, sometimes I'll have a concept in mind and, and try to represent that, but kind of work the other way around. So I should go back to this and say, you know, with the title traces of Numa, Numa is kind of this, uh, well, first of all, I have to shout out to Tool because, um, this yeah, was yeah. from their latest, <laughs> yeah, from their latest album, uh, the song called Numa. So that was like, well, what's Numa mean? You know? Um, and of course it was something cool. So, uh, what is it? It's, it's, um, basically like spirit. Um, you know, I might not describe it very well, but, um, and you also think about, I like to think about the, the origins of words, Mm -hmm. um, or at least go with the roots of them. Um, and so you think about like Numa, I think it, it means like a, puff of wind or something like that um and so you think about like pneumatic tools even you know are powered by air Mm -hmm. um and so anyway uh so it kind of also can mean like i said like spirit um or well yeah you can you can look it up yeah and but uh so there's like sort of like it varies a bit, but, um, so this in, in this title traces of Numa, those clear, um, sort of tubular web-like things overlaying the landscape, 
just kind of represent your pneuma in a way or your spirit or these these traces that you leave behind um, with and that everybody else leaves behind or touches you with and how it's just all connected and and is like this interconnected web of of actions and of cause and effect and and you're leaving behind this invisible just unbelievably complex web of cause and effect you know like and it in reverse like i said it comes in to you as well of course you're part of it so it's just like like a cycle of that so that's kind of what that painting has come to to represent to me but it can also like i said be other things too and that you can go off from that that's just i guess even a starting point you know yeah a title a title for me is usually more of a starting point of conversation or something than it is like this is definitely what this painting represents and don't you dare like (laughs) say it means anything else (laughs) right 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 yeah, yeah, I I love that. I love that. Uh, well, and also it's like how you, you I wouldn't ever expect anybody to get that by looking at my paintings. Like they're pretty like vague and up in the air. It's not like this obvious statement. Right. Usually, people might get hints of things, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I like that um, in artwork and visual art, especially where it is. It's you know concrete enough for people to kind of like put a foothold in but it's it's also vague enough where they could interpret it in a way where you you wouldn't necessarily interpret it that way but it's also there's also room for it to be correct in their interpretation yeah for sure and i I feel like that explanation that you just gave is a really good uh example of interconnectedness and cause and effect and causality and just like just by existing you're you're caught up in these uh sort of rivers of cause and effect that mm-hmm. you didn't really uh you didn't really choose to be a part of if you take it back all the way to your birth unless you i mean some people do <laughs> believe that you choose to be born and i don't know about that um right. it, my experience would say that I didn't, but I also have a bad memory, so I don't know, you know? Like. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, who knows, I guess. Yep, can't say for sure, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's those outside outside effects. And again, the ones that you create yourself, too. I find it really interesting, and I try to look back at my life and think about that web of of cause and effect and how things one thing led to another to another and so on and so forth and like how i got to where i am today and yeah it's so complex you would never be able to pinpoint everything but there are some things of course that are like oh yeah i probably like wouldn't have met this person if i didn't do that if i or you know and i probably wouldn't have done that if this didn't happen and and just to try to go back as far as you can i is just yeah. I think it's important. It's just kind of fun to do, but it's also important to recognize that and realize that things have the things you do also have an effect on people. And yeah, yeah, I saw. Yeah. I can't remember where I saw this the other day, but it may have been a meme or just someone's like Twitter tweet, <laughs> Twitter tweet, someone's tweet. <laughs> Um, but it said something along the effect of, or along the lines of, 
people always talk about like going back in the past and being afraid to interact with people because of the butterfly effect. But then no one ever thinks about like all the small acts of like good or kindness that you could be doing in the present right now that will create some sort of like butterfly effect, you know, down the line. And right. I, I found that really interesting and, and really just poignant because yeah, it really does illustrate maybe maybe some sort of fallacy in our thinking about how much uh we can affect things yeah right and yeah you you won't really know exactly especially i think we all especially don't like it's easier to look back in, in your memory and your past and if you can remember those things it's kind of easier to to say like this, you know, affected this and this caused this and, but then to, to try to realize that your own, you might not realize what your own actions, how they affected other people, you know, we forget sometimes that or how they will. And we won't know everything, of course, sure, we won't. Sure. And, and it can also like, and even you know, or how far it goes, because you might even if you do realize like you affected a person in this way or vice versa, it's then it it sort of fades away. It doesn't necessarily fade away, but it it goes, it keeps going, right? Because then you know, to the next person or whatever, and eventually you're going to lose sight of it. Like you won't ever know where that went, but it could go on forever, you know, exactly. in some small way. Like, again, like you said, the butterfly effect, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can't get enough of thinking about that kind of thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> and when I do, I always think of, you know, the term like self-made man or self-made woman or whatever. And I just, mm-hmm. I just think that that's like some sort of artifact of like the culture we live in. And it's not like a real thing, mm-hmm. like the idea right. of the self-made person. It's like, yeah, uh, like all these <laughs> things, all these people, all these influences throughout your life and even like, even the genetic influence of your family tree, your lineage. We yeah. don't even like, I mean, science, I'm sure would have a lot to say about this. Uh, neither of us are scientists, but I know that, uh, from listening to people smarter that, than I am, that genetics mm-hmm. plays a a large role in, and even like your your personality, and they think yeah. that like personality is sort of like this inborn thing that that you sort of just show up with, like a lot of people with young kids. Mm-hmm. I don't have any kids, but they the reports are that like you know by one or or maybe even earlier, signs of personality are starting to show. And then yeah. they, they carry through into like adulthood. And mm-hmm. so it's just, I just think it's funny to take, uh, you know, full credit for your accomplishments yeah. or even, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say this, but like, or even full blame for like all of your mistakes. Certainly there are things right. that like we can, uh, be more aware of and be more, uh, attentive to, but 
you know, it's mm-hmm. like the same on both sides, pride and pride or yeah. shame, like just kind of like fly right. out the window in that case, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is a tricky balance, you know? And I, um, I think it is a balance of nature and nurture. I think like in general, I'm, I don't see things as like black and white. Like, right. I kind of like hate when I see these arguments of like, nature versus nurture or is it nature or is it nurture right. or is it this or is it that or it's like well it's probably like both you know yeah i think everything's a little bit of everything and um but yeah i mean it's yeah also another fascinating subject for sure yeah. um but yeah um well let's completely switch gears here um I, I'm curious about how are you, are you full-time artist whole time all the time or do you have a job? Yeah. I still, still working a part-time job. I've uh, been able to like whittle that down over the years, but nice. still working a couple days a week to have that steady bill paying income. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I do rely on the art. Uh, I definitely, you know, need, it's not even enough to cover the bills, but so I do rely on the art to to help with that. And then, and then some hopefully, you know, mm. but yeah, still working on it. What's yeah. your, what's your side job? That's not art. Um, so I, I make bagels. <laughs> nice. Yep. Um, at the, at the local bagel shop, I, it's a kind of a family business. My wife's family, her mom owned, has owned it for like 27 years or something. And, uh, so yeah, I just go in there and make bagels a couple of days a week. I do, I do the mixing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So you're up ra- early. You're up really early. Actually, I'm not, okay. I'm not, I can kind of go in whenever sort of, I mean, um, but yeah, it's pretty nice. Like really it's as far as like low stress and just kind of like go in and do my work and it's not too bad, you know? Um, but I mean, ideally I would, I don't want to do that forever for sure. I, you know, I would like there to be a full-time artist or do something else that's kind of along those lines or something else that I really enjoy. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get creative and, and make a living. And yeah. so, um, but, uh, yeah, so hopefully I'm not doing that too much longer, but, sure, um, sure. but I also do worry a little bit about like, just, I don't know if I would want to just be an artist and like spend endless hours in my studio. Like it's, I'm, I'm not super social or outgoing or, you know, um, as it is pretty introverted. So mm-hmm. if I, so even just like getting out and going to work helps me like snap out of like just being in my own head all the time and and so if i was just painting and sitting around all the time like i feel like i could get that could be a little bit too much of that might not be too great for your mental health yeah i mean i think in some ways it would be great for my mental health because like it's what i enjoy to do enjoy doing um but i would have to just make sure that i'm like getting out and just like being social doing different things, changing it up, you know, um, or just doing something different with volunteering. If I had the time mm-hmm. uh, or money to be able to do something like that or, or finding a different, 
like I said before, you know, just finding like a different art related or something else I'm interested in way to connect with people. And, yeah, you know, I live in a pretty small town and there is a, it's pretty, for a small town, it's like pretty artsy. Um, so there's like, there's some galleries and stuff, but it's, um, you know, not like, it's kind of hard to find my niche of like my crew of people to like hang out with and, you know, sure. Um, yeah. So, um, anyway, so how, how have you like navigated the art world, uh, so far? Uh, are you going to, are you going to like art fairs or, um, do you have like a little local place you can set up a booth every now and then what, what's going on with that? Yeah, I've done some different things, but um, kind of started with art fairs. Uh, well, you know, I mean, in coffee shops and stuff like that, too. I When I started painting, I was living in Santa Cruz, California, um, and they had like a really cool thing was open studios art tour. So for the whole county, there was like, I want to say two, three hundred artists or so that would open their, they split it up into two different weekends. So everybody wasn't all on the same weekend. But anyway, um they'd open, we'd open our studio or homes or whatever that was, um, to the public. And they did a really good job with it. You know, they like made maps and stuff for everybody and signs everywhere and everything. It was a pretty big deal. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and so that kind of got me started and that was sort of like, uh, bringing in the public. And that's when I actually made my first sale. I was like, doing a little bit of, I had some sculptures, I had some drawings, I had a, like a, only a couple paintings at the time. And I sold the first painting that I had done um, with, like I said, kind of with the style that I'm doing now. Right. This was like 11 or so years ago. Um, and that gave me the confidence to like, I was just like, whoa, I can sell a painting actually. Yeah. Just that yeah. really kind of launched me and just like kept me going. So yeah. Anyways, I started, then I moved up to Oregon and started doing some fairs. Um, and like the Oregon country fair I've been doing for the last eight or so years, but nice. unfortunately, well, yeah, these last couple of summers it was canceled, but hopefully next year. I hear again. That's, a, um, that's a good one to, to get into. Yeah. And I have my wife to thank for that too, because she encouraged me to like apply and she had like friends that had a booth and they were actually interested in like sharing it. Um, and so the timing was perfect there. And, um, and like once you're in, you're in basically. So yeah, I just keep going to that and it's just, it's fun and it's a, expose your art to a lot of people and make a few sales. Um, but then yes, branched up into some galleries and website sales. And I'm not great at the social media thing. You know, I need to like work on that probably and try to get better at And, and in fact, and just in general, like reaching out, uh, being outgoing, mm. um, I could be better at that kind of thing. Um, but Do yeah, you... I was trying to put different, different feelers out in different ways to, to get those sales and exposure. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely one of the, for me, at least one of the harder parts of the art game, I guess you could say, like, mm -hmm. I feel like creating is, is somewhat is the easy part, but then like, mm -hmm. you know, 
sort of selling someone the uh, idea of themselves with your painting on their wall is the tough part, right? Because you're not exactly selling the painting. You're selling mm-hmm. someone their idea of themselves in the future with that painting as a part of their identity, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a it is a big purchase. Like, aside from like how much money you might spend on something, even just if it's even if you're like giving it away, you're like, to some people would turn it down because like, well, I don't see myself having that on my walls. It's kind of a big deal to hang something on your wall and look at it. I mean, unless you just have a ton of wall space or you're always rotating your art and you just right. are a really big art collector and, um, but. Yeah, it's like, and it's so, as an artist, it's such a huge compliment to not only get paid for that, but to that somebody would even just want that on their walls or whatever, and to to look at it like every day, you know, for potentially a really long time, you know, like I said, maybe they change things up, maybe they end up selling it or getting rid of it or something someday. But for the most part, I think, you know, it's, they make that decision kind of like a long-term decision and so, yes. Um, and it is, yeah, it is a difficult, I think that, you know, makes it difficult to sell your work. It's not something that like, you need this and this is the best one out there or something like this is a, you know, you need a phone or a car or a dishwasher or something. And this is like the best, most reliable one, or it's a good price or something, you know, it's it's a lot different, obviously. Maybe maybe that's how I'll start marketing my paintings is they're very reliable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah yeah (laughs) totally yeah um let's see i wanted to ask you um what your routine is like are you painting every single day um i know you said you have the the part-time job are you still painting on those days um and just yeah just generally how your day goes yeah um i don't usually paint on like a day I'm working or if there's like a day that I'm like, I got to fix this thing on the, in the house or something like that. Like uh, it's hard for me to like switch gears so quickly or I'm kind of, maybe I'm also just kind of exhausted or something from a, a day at work at the, at the job, you know, um, unless I'm like really motivated or really have like some deadlines and just like really on a roll or something like I'll, squeeze in another hour or two at night or something. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like it varies. It's funny. I actually like, I just started painting and I took probably almost like two months off. Um, and it was kind of crazy because it's like, and it's, can be hard to get back into it in some ways. Like I knew I would, but I'm like, I I kept finding other things to do. You know, I'm like, Oh, I got to check this off the list. Cause I'm like still in that mode of like, not creative mode, but like getting stuff done mode. Uh, and it is satisfying to like check something off the list or things that have been like, you know, waiting. And a lot of that was because of the show coming up. I spent a surprising amount of time making boxes and packing them up, yeah. wrapping up the artwork, chipping them out. Sure. Even just before that point, like trying to figure out like how much bubble wrap am I going to need and finding boxes. I, you know, had some pretty big paintings I was shipping out or even like what method of shipping I do. I've never shipped like 20 paintings at all at once. So I've 
Sure. I was like, hmm, should I do like some freight thing or something? And anyway, so like that took a lot of time and energy. Um, and then so when I'm in that mode of like, not, it's hard for me sometimes to like just, and I wasn't really into a painting at the time. I had just like yeah. finished one up and I was on like a vacation in June. And so anyways, um, I'll take some, sometimes I'll take like a month off or something when stuff like, when I've got like other things going on, but this was probably like one of the longest breaks from actual painting I had. Um, and yeah, it was nice to finally get back into something. I mean, you've kind of forgot how much like you missed it or like how much it, you need it, you know? Yeah. Um, but on like a normal average week, month, whatever, I'll, I'll probably paint, you know, when I'm into it four or five days a week, I suppose, but, um, or at least three, I would say, you know, I like to have days off to get out for a hike yeah, or whatever for a day or two and got to spend time with the wife and, and some of that too. And so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Are you a big list guy? Are you making lists a lot? You writing stuff down? I do. I have to make lists otherwise, because if it's like just all floating around in my head, it's too stressful. And like the priority level of all those things on the list, you yeah. know, like yeah, yeah. what should I do for, I would forget about things. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes there's nothing really on the list, which is kind of nice. Then I can sure. pretty much just focus on painting, but and a lot of the things on the list are art related, thankfully too, but totally. you know, um, email this person or yeah i mean the business side of it is like half of it painting is half of it and like the business side is half of it there's yeah. so many things to do like update your website and you know reach out to this or that person or respond to them or you know apply to this show or uh to a group for a grant or you know mm -hmm. a lot of endless things to do are Always you on social media yeah 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 um are you applying for a lot of grants or are you are you entering a lot of uh like con art contests or anything like that is that something that you do yeah sometimes i go in phases with it where i'm kind of in that mode and i'll like apply to i'll like search a bunch of grants and just apply to a few of them or you know shows and things like that um sometimes that's worked out and sometimes it feels like a waste of time and I'm like, well, I should just be painting and, you know, but you got to try those things too. You know, you got to get your work out there some yeah. way. So yeah, just yeah, throwing just, things against the wall sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You never know where those are going to lead. And then again, like going back to that one thing leads to another, to another, you meet like one person. Exactly. You know, and then you get a show or then that leads to something, you know, so. Sweet. Um, so what do you have planned for the future, if anything? Um, do you have any big or, or dream projects in mind? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, nothing necessarily planned, but yeah, I mean, I do think about, I think it'd be cool to like do a big mural someday. Um, but I, again, I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe when the time's right, sometimes I just like wait for things to fall into place. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe I should be better about like doing, you know, reaching out for that more. But I'm also like, well, I don't know if that's really what I want to do right now anyway, or should be doing, you know, but anyway, something like that would be 
I think hopefully someday. Um, uh, and just, I don't know, just in general, just to always progress right. with, with my art specifically, but also just from the business side of things, if you want to call it that, or just, you know, reaching more people. Um, I was just always progressing and changing and keeping it fresh. Um, like I said, you know, this new style kind of been doing the last couple of years and it doesn't mean I'm not going to go back to the old style too. I've been doing some of those too, but I'm sure someday I'll, I'll find something else too. You know, I just, I like to kind of keep it changing. So I don't know what, yeah, I don't really know what the, the yeah. future holds, but. Yeah. I absolutely love, and I try and do this within my own work too, is when artists, yeah, just change it up. Even though you'll still recognize their, their signature style, they're like doing something different. They're trying something new. And mm. yeah, I really respect that. And it's funny too, cause I was going to ask you if you ever had considered murals because like, I think your stuff would look really, really awesome. Like just on a, on a larger scale. So mm -hmm. yeah, I hope, I hope we yeah. get to see that someday. Yeah. I mean, I just think it'd be cool to like have something out there too for the public to see and just for my own experience too, to, to do that and something larger. And I, it'll be interesting to see how that works if it happens because I'm so it'll, I'll spend, you know, two months or more on a, on a painting like a 24 by 30 or 18 by 24 inch painting, you know, and I'm super obsessed with these small details and getting every little thing just right. And, um, so I, you know, to do a mural, yeah, I'd have to back off of that a lot, you know, sure. and like step, step back and yeah. not get into the, the teeniest little brushes and all that. But yeah, I think I could do it. So yeah, <laughs> it'd be an experiment. I'm just like, well, if you have, you know, if they give you like a timeline to do it, that could be scary. But I'm like, if you don't really care when this gets done, like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, that projector will, or at least a projector will come in. Yeah, maybe. right. For sure. <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, well, sweet, Micah. Thank you for, uh, for giving us some insight into your work and, uh, and your mind. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, tell people, yeah, I appreciate it. Tell people where uh, we can find you on the internet. Uh, yeah. So my name's a little bit tricky, but uh, I'm sure if you have like links or something like that, or if you get close yeah. on the internet search, it's uh, Micah Ofstedal. Um, so like Instagram, I'm just at Micah Ofstedal. Uh, on Facebook too, I've got my personal page, which I think gets, oh, which gets way more, uh, I guess, attention or whatever. Um, but I've got my business page too. So you can go like that if you want, follow that. Uh, my website is simply micaoffstedall.com. Um, that's pretty much it. I think. Nice. Yeah. The, the main ones. Yeah. Cool. Kind of the same <laughs> everywhere. That's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Or just, yeah. Search the name and you'll find all those things probably. <laughs> so. yeah. And it's a unique name. So that helps a lot. Yeah. So like, even if you get close, even, uh, I think, you know, if you get Micah and then the first couple of letters of the last name, it yeah. might even autofill for you. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Well, um, thanks again, Micah, and thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. All right. See you all next time. Yeah. Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com slash RTAF Podcast. And I want to thank all my patrons. You guys keep this engine running. I couldn't do it without you. Go over there and check out the tiers I have available. Includes video, uh, guest suggestions, uh, patron-only posts, and some merchandise. Thank you again for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do all those little things that help get RTAF into the consciousness of more and more people. Shout out.